Welcome to How to Podcast. I'm Megan, and together with me is my colleague Karuna. Hello, Karuna. Hello, Megan. Nice to be back. Hello, everyone. Today we're going to be speaking about building resilience in teams. Why being aware and inculcating resilience at an early age is vital. Yeah, thanks to the plasticity of human brains, our minds can be rewired by different stimuli and demands constantly, and that is also how we learn things. Sometimes, just by change of mindset, your brain starts to rewire itself already. So it is always a good idea to have your mind ready before any expected or unexpected challenges. When one gets older, we cannot stress the importance of resilience in one's mental health enough. So, Karuna, what is resilience actually? How would you define that? Yeah, in simple terms, resilience is basically the ability to bounce back from adversities, process difficult times. And stressful situations and events, adopting a positive outlook. So it also aids in our recovery and even growth from the downturns and the downtimes that we may be experiencing. That's so true. And we always use the analogy to describe resilience as our muscles, because we inevitably we tumble in life sometimes. And having resilience is like having enough muscles that can help you spring back from the harm or recover from the injury more efficiently. So we can also think of resilience as、uh, mental muscles. In the definition of American Psychological Association, resilience is the mental, emotional, behavioral flexibility and ability to adjust to both internal and external demands. Yeah, I like that analogy,、uh, Megan. And yes, exactly like building、uh, muscle, resilience too is not a fixed trait.、Uh, we can train our ability and skill over a period of time, and by constant reuse, it strengthens up. Resilience can enhance our flexibility, adaptability, and perseverance. That enables us to modify the way we respond to difficult times. And this could be, you know, loss, illness, bullying,、uh, financial stress, and whatever else might be a, you know, difficult situation for us. Yes, and、uh, we're going to talk about resilience in teams today, right? So, how do resilient minds benefit teams? Yeah, that's、uh, so important. You know, like we said, inculcating at an early age. So you know, adolescence, as we are all aware, is a stage when teens need to cope with, you know, significantly higher level of stress and anxiety.、Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also, yeah, it's also coming from a range of issues, which could be developmental, physiological, and emotional changes that every teen is going through. And according to a most recent recent research by the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Hong Kong. More than sixteen percent of the young people in Hong Kong have mental health challenges, and close to twenty percent had suicidal thoughts in the past year. So、yeah. the numbers are quite alarming. Yeah, yeah, that's really concerning us. And also, we know that for those who have some mental health challenges, only a few of them really reach out to some support. 
And there is another survey last year done by Hong Kong Federation of Youth Groups also reveals the same worry as more than 20% of the secondary students reported having anxiety problems and 40 to 50% of them reported being highly stressful. So you can imagine the main stresses for them at the, as the secondary students are academic performance or some personal future, their school life, and also some family conflict or some relationship issues. So they're juggling with just so much and everything at the same time. It can be really, really hard. Overwhelming. And yeah, very overwhelming indeed, exactly. And there's a study also found other risk factors that might deteriorate mental health condition for young people in Hong Kong, such as, you know, limited private space. We don't have, we have constraint of available space. Unhealthy lifestyle, right? Like things like insufficient sleep, uh, more involvement in digital interactions than the real world, cyberbullying, and social network addictions. So these are just some of the additional factors which add on to the challenges young people are facing. Yeah, so our teams definitely are in need of more knowledge and tools like skills about how they can build up their resilience to deal with so many internal and external challenges. I, I personally have three daughters, my own. They are still young, but growing to teens soon. So as a parent or as, or as some maybe of our audience, maybe educators, how can we help our teens to develop resilience? Yeah, that's uh, really the key. And starting early on, I think, is uh, like the awareness, like you said, is the best bet. And uh, I've got a grown-up daughter as well. So I have seen that phase where, you know, where further inputs may have been necessary or where we have put it and that has been helpful. So we can see that now. Wow. And we'll be sharing, yeah, a few takeaways uh, to build resilience, which are consolidated by Dr. Erica H. Lee in her article for Harvard Health. Dr. Lee is a clinical psychologist at Boston Children's Hospital and an instructor in psychology at Harvard Medical School. Uh, so one of the first ones she addresses is, you know, uh, fostering genuine and non-judgmental connections. And I think this really starts at home. Right. You know, I mean, once, yeah, school, peers as well, but your home should be an environment where children should thrive and sh they should be able to come up to you uh, and, you know, share their emotions and how they're feeling. And, you know, we can concurrently address this and help them recognize these feelings so that they can cope better. Right. And validating how they're feeling, regardless of, you know, bad or good, acknowledging that it's okay to feel whatever they're feeling and how they're feeling and processing that feeling. That's true. That kind of validation is very, very important. And I think for parents at this stage, listening is very important, right? If to make the teenagers feel heard and understood. You don't need to really talk too much to them or really give them instructions. But active listening will definitely play a very important role. 
as the home, as you say, it's a safe base for the teenagers who is suffering from multitude of challenges outside. We need to let them know that they always have a support system. That's their family. Yeah, active listening is a good one, Megan, because, I mean, as parents, I mean, my being one myself, we have a tendency, we want to protect, we want to solve. And, uh, you know, so we train to just come in, but just trying to listen where they're coming from. And if we could just do the pause when they're talking, I think that would be fantastic for them to problem solve. Yeah. True, true. That's that's kind of validation too. And the second thing that Dr. Lee mentioned is to build skills for coping and emotional regulation. So we need to let them attempt problem solving for big and small issues. For the small issues, for example, we may assign them some responsibilities at home, such as planning for family trip, scheduling their own summer vacation. So let them have the chances to deal with tasks independently and attain that confidence. Also, I like to emphasize the importance of making mistakes because during that process, inevitably there will be some mistakes. Mistakes. So resilience cannot be obtained without some discomfort, just like muscle training. So every mistake is a chance for them to grow resilience. Wow, well said. And again, the urge to protect and for our children to get it right. We might kind of want to step in, but yeah. and normalizing that mistakes are there and how we can just grow from it. Like you said, I think that's really important for all of us, like as parents, caregivers, educators, you know, to give that space to the children yeah, and teens in particular. Protect too much. So yeah. we want to avoid some mistakes, but actually at this stage, every mistake matter. Absolutely. And this can be demonstrated by encouraging children and teens to take challenges such as, you know, learning new things, joining competitions or tournaments. So pushing them a little bit outside their comfort zone, but yet also simultaneously being aware of their competency so that they belong to the right group where the peers have similar capabilities. That's very true. You don't want to stretch them too much. Yeah. And for emotional regulation, uh, you need to let them indulge in some self-soothing activities as well, such as to let them have some breathing practice and to encourage them to have some hobbies like listening to music or even just cuddling with a pet or a toy, going outdoors to the great nature, or even practice spirituality, such as introduce them meditation will be good ideas too. Sure, definitely. And meditation is becoming so popular now and with apps and with children and teens being so savvy at that, this is something that, again, that can be presented to them, you know, as a tool that they can use. Yes, that's very useful. Can we can introduce them earlier? Yeah. And another one which Dr. Lee talks about is about adopting healthy thinking patterns. So understanding that life is a combination of both negative and positive experiences and emotions and knowing at that time that we have the power to choose something to make us feel better. 
so just an example of a healthy thought process would be what if a child feels like, hey, I haven't done really well in my exam, you know, and they can feel really bad about it. Of so, course. Yeah. And just resisting the urge to, you know, make them feel better or even putting them down either or. We can sit with them and, you know, encourage them to think, you know, beside them, literally sitting beside them, like, what can you do in the future about this concern? And this empowers them to make a decision and also know that you have their back and that you're supporting them. That's really supportive. So we can help them too. It's really hard to generate a balanced view over some negative events, just like what you say. That's a very good example because this can help us to be accepting and to be more flexible when we are in some uncomfortable situations. But of course, it takes time to practice. Just like muscles, you need some time to practice that kind of balanced thinking. And also being a lifelong learner is also something helpful to be to help them to be more optimistic about adversities, as you know how to keep adapting into new things. Right. And uh, participation in society, association to societies, belonging to cultural clubs, religious groups, sense of belonging to community, all of this can be very helpful for children to feel, you know, part of a bigger picture than just, you know, a school or just their family or only the limited friends they have. Right. This is the point about like looking at the hope and uh, making meanings, right? Because at home, we can, uh, this is uh, the fourth point that Dr. Lee mentioned, that at home, we can just like participating in the community activities. We can discuss family values with them. For example, we can discuss um, whether it's kindness, honesty, hardworking, and also talk about their own personal values. So let our children know that there are some greater causes behind our lives that keep us moving. And just as you say, uh, to encourage them to participating in the social works, community work is very beneficial to teens that we highly recommend it, as it can offer us a lot of new values to choose from. For example, uh, togetherness, altruism, or the the spirit of services. So by considering others' challenges and demands, teens can learn to put their challenges into perspective instead of just only self-judgments. So also they will find proof about their own goodness in that kind of service, that all all things in their being are good for something. In addition to that, uh, celebrating of milestones and validating their strengths can remind them of the capacity of their resilience as well. The last one will be that we can keep some family rituals that's a good way to keep them hopeful and engaged with family. That can that's also very essential for their resilience building. Yeah, and another one uh, which was indicated was being a good role model, right? I mean, good as in an exemplary role model. Yes. So looking after one's own health, like as caregivers, uh, you know, during trying times, because we as adults also can have difficult situations. So children can see how we cope and they can draw their strength and, you know, use it and realize that, you know, 
even though our caregivers experience difficult time, this is how we can actually cope with the not so good times as well. Mm. And uh, prioritizing things like, you know, physical health, uh, which includes sleep, food and exercise uh, and self-care during difficult times will help them develop self-compassion and also give them that resilience and that coping skill required. That's very true. Yes, just like you say, modeling how you prioritize self-care in any situation is very important. In addition, uh, routines and structure are something that can provide security and normalcy during hard times. So we can show our teams how this keep us going in life and enable us to achieve something in the longer run. That's also what resilience is about. Yeah, we've discussed quite a few takeaways, uh, which Megan and I thought were really helpful from this article. And I hope it's been helpful to our audience as well. Uh, in our next podcast, we will be addressing self-stigma in mental health. We're looking forward to inviting our guest speaker and colleague and psychotherapist, counselor and coach at a mindset, Alise. So stay tuned for more. Thank you, Megan. And thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Karuna. Looking forward to talking to you next time. A Mindset is a diverse group of individuals from different walks of life that have come together with a common goal to help. For most of us, this is our second job, and we have all chosen to take time to provide affordable counseling to anyone who might need it. Having access to such a diverse group, a teacher, a nurse, an accountant, a corporate, has meant that not only can we tap into each other's experiences, but our clients benefit too.